Hey everyone, welcome to the Launch Podcast. I'm Jeff Carpenter, Director of Residence Life. And I'm Carissa Church, the CCI Internship Coordinator, and we're your hosts. College graduation can always be a difficult season of life, but the senior class of 2020 faces a truly unique challenge as they launch their careers in the midst of the great pause. Launch is a podcast for graduating seniors that offers practical and spiritual insight for navigating this transition from college student to full adult. On today's episode, we have the privilege of welcoming Keith and Sarah Crass, a couple of Gordon alums, to share some of their experiences and their wisdom with us. Um, So Keith and Sarah, would love for you guys to just give us a quick little bio about yourselves and let our listeners know who you are. Yeah, well, um, thanks thanks for having us. Um, Excited to to do this um, for a number of reasons. Uh, One of them being, and I will actually answer your question and give a bio, but... um, uh, Sarah and I have talked a lot um, about how challenging the first couple of years after graduation are um, from finding a career to finding a church to figuring out what friends look like when you're not sharing a dorm room with them. So thank you for doing the podcast. We're excited to, to, to join. Um, so yes, my name is Keith Krauss. Um, uh, Sarah and I uh, live in Beverly. We are both Gordon grads. We have three wonderful kids, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Um, I spent some time actually working at Gordon, um, but currently am the director of marketing at a software company in Wakefield uh, called Veracross and have been there for about the last five years. Um, yeah, thanks again um, for having us. I'm Sarah Crass, the second part of this duo. And um, I graduated from Gordon in 06 and have in some way, shape or form kind of felt like I've never left. Uh, so I now am teaching in um, the social work department um, sort of part time. And before that, I worked as a social worker um, on the North Shore for a local community clinic and then had my own private practice before the six, three and one year old took over my life. And I'm not doing that anymore. Awesome. Thank you guys. Um, just a kind of an easy question to start. This is broad. You can take it in whatever direction you kind of want to, but just maybe share some, a lesson or maybe lessons that you felt like you learned about either God or yourself in your own graduation transition, those experiences that you kind of talked about having some, some reflections on. Sure. Yeah, I can, I can start. I, I think I was, um, I mentioned this briefly in my intro. I, I was surprised how hard the first year was. Um, and not not necessarily about, about finding work and finding a job, but just the transition from your your community at Gordon is just so present. Um, I, I played I played basketball at Gordon, so I had my teammates. I was really close with my roommates. They were, you know, my roommates ended up being um, the guys that were in my wedding, right? And so this close relationship and um, it's a little bit of a funny anecdote, but I, I quickly found myself missing playing catch on the quad at two 30 on a Thursday. And it kind of clicked that like, I'm not going to be able to, to do that. Or if <laughs> it'd be a lot kind of awkward if I tried to do that, right. Moving forward. So I think <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit right? yeah, I think that the hardest thing for me was, um, the community that was just there and the support and and my my closest friends and the professors I had close relationships with that just kind of went away in an instant and I was forced to kind of figure out to reinvent this community pretty pretty quickly and, and on the on the fly um, 
So more to say there, but I would say that was one of the, the lessons learned, I guess, would be that I, I wasn't prepared for that. And I didn't really think that through and it kind of blindsided me a little bit. Yeah. And thinking is very similar um, for me as well. I'm pretty extroverted. That's something I knew about myself. And um, actually graduating from Gordon, I lived my senior year in Bromley. My first apartment after Bromley was with four of this of the five other roommates that I had. So almost like identical. Um, and so I think what was surprising to me, echoing sort of what he said is, why is this hard? I'm literally living with the same people. I, they're all my close friends, but something is so dramatically different. And I think there is a great, which probably a lot of the graduates are experiencing already because the situation is so different. Um, there's a great, when you're on campus, there's this great unifier of, um, you're, you might be in different majors, but you're kind of coming along to the same thing. You're doing the same thing. And after, even though I was living with the same people, we were going very different directions, depending on career or we just didn't have that like same unit. We had the unifying thing of faith, but even that, you know, people start, it just was different. And so, um, I found myself with a lot of time with myself. <laughs> I was like, I should not be lonely. I'm living with six girls. Um, and so I think that was just to echoing what he said, just a challenge that was unexpected. I and mean, I really had to, I didn't, it's such a frequently used word, but I didn't appreciate how in front of me community was until it was very much. Um, and so what did it look like to make a new community? Um, so what's a big thing now, in all that, I would say, um, and we can get more into this later, but I did find, you know, God to be really faithful because I wasn't left. I'm not still in that space. Right. And it's not 10, it's way over 10 years since I graduated, Darn it. but it's not, <laughs> you don't have to share that. You don't, you don't have to say, <laughs> you know, I'm not still in that space. So there's the, there's the faithfulness of God throughout all of that. But, um, so I, I felt that as well in a season that was a little bit hard. Hmm. A follow-up question maybe for, for both of you, what were some of the places that maybe you found community, whether, you know, it was maybe unexpected community or it was something that you really diligently went and searched for? Cause I do think one of the things right about life after college is you suddenly start to realize you have to be more intentional about seeking out the things that you're looking for. It's not this delivery where everything from your food to your sports, to your classes, your schedule, like everything's delivered for you. And there's a lot more initiative, I think that comes with quote unquote adulthood. So wondering for you all, what that kind of looked like in terms of either seeking out community or maybe God just dropping community in your lap and saying, here you go. This is what you need. I, I had a really unique kind of opportunity that was pretty much dropped in my lap um, that I'm thankful I'd said yes to. Uh, and that what, so the first year out of school, I attended a church in Boston while I was at, also took for granted the, um, the thought of the intentionality of a church community while I was at Gordon Gordon sort of just provides that, um, whether, you know, they just do, um, being in a space of like-minded individuals. So I didn't really get as involved locally as maybe I could have. So I felt that lack significantly when I graduated, but long story short, the, 
church in Boston asked me and another friend if we would be interested in being part of a church plant team on the North Shore. And while I felt completely not ready for that, um, not skilled for that, it felt like an easy automatic yes, because I was behind what the church was about, their values. I loved my experience there, but it was just too far to really feel like I could take part. And so over that first year out of school, um, I was part of a really intentional small group launched church plant team that sort of took off and is now Antioch Beverly. It was called the Harbor. Um, and so that was like filled a huge space in my heart, in my time, in my schedule, because that's just a, a huge place to pour out other than work. Um, and honestly, it gave me friends too, right? Friends to walk through kind of day to day and week to week. Um, and we were all behind something that we were excited about. So that, that was like a very unique experience for me. That sort of was, I, that was part, that's part of, I would say God's faithfulness in that time of feeling lonely and then providing this opportunity for me to be a part of something that really was like family. So that was cool. I'm, I'm chuckling to myself. Um, Sarah is way more the spirit, the, the more spiritually mature person. I bought a bike. Um, <laughs> Started going on lots of bike rides. <laughs> that was my uh, that was my community. You know, in all seriousness, I, I one of the things that was hard was hardest for me is is Saturday afternoon. What do you do with yourself on a Saturday afternoon when you're not with you know a dorm full of friends? So I I, I echo that. I totally echo that. That was my experience after graduating too. Is like who do I play sports with? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I literally went to a, a local bike shop. I bought a bike and I started going on bike rides with people at the bike shop. Um, that's, that was one. The second thing, you know, it's, it's funny, church is already kind of emerging as a theme for us. And I don't know if we intended it to be so, but I, I think it's, it's organically coming out, which is kind of interesting. Um, I started attending a church uh, in Cambridge right after I graduated and loved the church, but felt the, the, the distance. And again, felt that the kind of that craving for community where I couldn't participate, you know, Monday through Saturday, and I was just going on Sunday morning. So went to that church for a few months and then started looking, um, more locally, uh, and then found, actually found the church that she was not my wife at the time, but that Sarah had started. So. So going back to when you guys actually graduated and talking about sort of the less fun things about graduation, what, what did you do to prepare yourself? And you both graduated near the 08 financial crisis or during that time. So how did that, how did that affect your job search and just jobs in general? Yeah. So, so really interesting. Uh, I had a very roundabout story, which I think actually most people's occupation and career seems to be roundabout. So I don't think it's that unusual, but so I went to Gordon really excited to study English and secondary education. Um, was excited all the way through midway through my student teaching and then realized I didn't want to teach English to high schoolers anymore. Um, so, you know, liberal arts, right? Like learning how to think, learning how to do lots of other things and just the degree that you study. So had to kind of start taking a hard look in the mirror and say, if I don't want to teach, what, what am I going to do? Um, and was looking all over the place. I did the Chris, I'm sure you have better advice for people, but I was literally doing the like internet searches, like, 
uh, I don't know what I should do for work. What do you know? Not a good, uh, good, much helpful. Um, but I did have an opportunity to, um, I mentioned that I played basketball at Gordon and, um, was asked by the coach that I played for to stick around to be an assistant coach. Um, what made that situation interesting was the, the compensation for the year was about $4,000. So I had this, this kind of uh, pretty difficult decision to do the thing that I was excited about and wanted to do that was exciting to me but then figure out how in the world I was going to backfill that with actually making money to pay bills and, you know, buy groceries. Um, so, you know, in 2008, there wasn't a lot out there, um, in terms of employment, especially if you don't know what you want to do, it's kind of a double whammy there. So I took the, the, the route that, um, like a lot of people do. I applied and was hired to work at Starbucks. Uh, and honestly, and then I just, uh, I scoured the Gordon job site and I got a bunch of really odd jobs. Long story short, I didn't end up working at, at Gordon because another job opened at, at Starbucks. I ended up working at Gordon because another job on campus opened up. But really that the, the, the approach for me in those years because was to find as many random jobs as I could. Um, to, to pay the bills. So even I, I was a, just as a basketball coach and then worked, it was called the center for Christian studies. I think it's the center for faith and inquiry. Now I was only working about 20 hours a week. So I still had to fill my time and I still had to make money elsewhere. So I shoveled a lot of snow. Um, I <laughs> once created a wedding anniversary video for this wonderful woman in Beverly that on iMovie and I didn't know anything about iMovie. I'm literally like searching how to edit things. I, I was really terrible. I should not take a job, but, um, I, I, uh, I tried to be a bit innovative and just, just look anywhere I could for, for work. So sorry, that was a bit of a, a long winded, long winded answer. I think your, your was a little more of a traditional approach. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how I even got my job. I don't rem- I think I interviewed in, before grad, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I interviewed, I, I interviewed in, while I was still at a student through a connection of a person who had graduated in the social work department ahead of me, and she was like, "You should interview where I'm working." So I did, and I never heard back. And so I did similar to Keith, what all logical people do, and filled out an application at Starbucks as well. So I was sitting at Starbucks when the um, person I interviewed with called me back and said, "Sorry that it took so long." you know, she gave me some reasons for why, but would I like to start working? And I started, um, in July, I think at that position. Um, but my personality is very much to for better, or for worse. It's, it served me really well in a lot of ways. And sometimes it holds me a little captive, but I just, I just do the thing. He's way more creative. I just do what makes sense. So I'm like, I'm a social worker. This is a social work job. I will apply. This makes sense. You know? Like, and so that, that's just how I am. Um, Went to grad school. When, yeah. Like yeah. worked for a year and a half, realized, oh gosh, this doesn't pay that much. I must go to grad school, you know, without, and it's, it, is it what I love? No, I just kind of do what makes sense. And it, for me, it has worked out really well. Um, Cause I am now doing something that I really enjoy. It took a while to get there. Um, and I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I've t- had to tell myself and I have told a lot of people since that I, that have graduated after me is like your first 
job might be your dream job. It probably won't though. And that that's okay. And it's not like, it's not necessarily settling if it's not your dream job. If you're, you're learning so much, you're helping to figure out what would I love to do? What, what about this do I want to take? What about this do I not want to take to another job? But, but get, just getting the experience of doing it, I think is helpful. Um, but the way I got there really was um, a connection from another alum. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. sure. I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I, I think back to when I was a student, I think back to working with graduated seniors mm-hmm. and there was so much anxiety about work after school, uh, finding, finding a job after you graduate. I, I'm assuming it's heightened and even more so nowadays, but is, is that true? Is that accurate? I'm seeing lots of nodding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, Carissa, you can probably speak to it a little bit more because you work directly with folks who are in that position than I can, but I would say from the residence life side, we certainly, you know, that's a huge part of conversations we have with seniors is, is what's next, you know, what's that next step with the job. So. Yeah. For sure. That, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying earlier is I felt so awful that I actually can't do my job and giving them a assured job for them to approach and seek out. But I have heard so many stories of people losing offers, just losing contracts and just completely have hiring paused on them. And they're just at a loss for words where they're like, I thought this was an opportunity. I thought this was, I had all of these things and now all of these doors are shut and I don't know where to go. And it's, um, I, it's really tough for the students, but I surprisingly think that they have been super positive about the experience. Like they just have so much faith that God has a plan for them and that it's going to work out no matter when they get their job or where it is. And like you guys were just talking about your first job isn't always and mostly isn't the thing that you love to do, but um, they're prepared to do the things that they have to do to get there, which actually kind of leads me into my next question. This is kind of going off what you were saying about sort of doing what was logical, making all of those jobs and just making enough money that you could to sustain yourself. Where does your sort of internal motivation come from to be able to do all of those things? Because it is quite possible these seniors could be in that situation. And it's important that they are just sort of looking ahead and making sure that they stay on track. It's a very good question. Yeah. I, uh, I wish I had a great answer. I, I think for me, <laughs> for me, I, I remember um, when I found out how much money I was going to make at Gordon. And I think in total, my first year, it was like, it was a little, yeah, it was a little bit less than $20,000 for the year. And I remember like looking at the number being like, yes, like, all right, here we go. Cause I'd never had a full-time job before. So I had no so anything with thousands. Anything with that, that's a ton of money. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm like giving money out to people. I'm donating all these places. Um, and then I think very quickly, I, I saw how far that money was not going to go. Um, for me, it was, it was just so practical. It was, I want to keep coaching basketball, which pays nothing. So I have to do something to support the thing I actually want to do. I need my, my cash cow, so to speak, as it were. So where that came from, I don't know, probably 
probably my parents or I, I don't, I don't know, but it was, um, it, to me, it became a little bit of a, of a, of a game where I could piece things together. And I'll just say really, really quickly, cause I, I feel like with all of these kind of conversations, the things that stand out to people are like the practicals, um, like the practical idea, practical tip. One of the things that I experienced really early, this is, this could be good advice, could be terrible advice, but I'll, I'll take my hand at something practical is I really, really embraced the mundane jobs, um, and really worked pretty hard at them. So for example, I have a good friend whose uncle, um, is a research scientist, travels the world, probably 250 days out of the year, lecturing, very wealthy, very generous, very, very kind person. And he would look for people to take him to the airport. Um, so instead of paying a limo service, he would hire people that need a little bit of money um, to take them to the airport. And he was always international flights. So it was always leaving at 5 a.m. Um, I, I always was 15 minutes early. I always had my car cleaned. And it ended up being one of my best professional connections. And all it was was driving to the airport. Like the, the job itself was not the point. It was... I, I, I even, I even made the point to, to kind of get dressed, right? Like to, it was five in the morning, but I was ready for the day and I looked somewhat professional and he became a really good friend, but also someone that I could use as a reference because he trusted me to drive him to the airport at five in the morning. And, you know, he would, would he hired me to do a bunch of kind of random things. And I have other stories of, uh, I shoveled a venture capitalist, a guy who works for venture capital, very wealthy guy. I shoveled his, driveway um a lot when it snowed um and he became a really good connection so i guess i'm trying to thank christopher for for folks that are graduating now i think it's going to be really hard to not feel bogged down by a mundane or less than exciting job but the opportunities if that job is done really well i think can lend itself to other other opportunities so i don't know does that does that make sense? Is that Yeah, I think that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Just, that, you know, you think about transferable skills. I think that's more and more something that employers are looking at is what, yeah, maybe you don't have, you haven't been doing exactly the thing we're asking you to do, but how well are you able to take that particular thing you've been doing? How have you been, you've been using that to develop things in yourself, whether it's timeliness, professionalism, being able to carry a good conversation with a research scientist when you're driving him to the airport at five in the morning, like all those little pieces are things that you can be developing that then can be something that you pour into something that you're maybe more passionate about when you have the opportunity to do it, but you shouldn't view any sort of mundane quote unquote mundane job as a, a time waste. It's an opportunity. And I think it really sounds like Keith, you did a great job of taking an opportunity to pour into those things and that you've reaped the benefits of getting something back from it. I think the other thing I'll just add quickly that I forgot part of, part of my story too, was getting the first bill from Sally Mae, the first uh, loan payment that was due. And so like in terms of where that inherent motivation came from, it was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay this this month unless I figure out a way to make some extra money. That was a, that was a surprising, that was a surprising letter to get. So <laughs> I imagine other, other graduate seniors would be in that boat as well. Um, 
You guys have talked about this a, a little bit, or at least I've heard it coming out in your conversations, but um seems like you have a little bit, you know, your personalities are a little bit different in the way that you approach things. And um, just kind of curious, you know, you've kind of talked about how that played out in the way that you approached, like, what are my next steps after graduation? Um, but maybe what are other ways that you saw your personalities kind of affecting your, um, you know, post-graduation transition, whether it was, you know, extrovert, introvert with how you dealt with people time and your, how much you needed community, um, you know, a lot of other different ways that you could take that, but just kind of curious how, how you felt personality played into the way that you handled transition. I, I did not handle it well. I like steady, you know, predictable. I know what's happening. And even though I, I did, I had that job that I started in the summer after graduation the job in and of itself was super chaotic, just the type of work, social work that it was. Um, it was sort of a crash course in the field. So um, that was all really new and a lot of change there. And I think um, work, you don't really realize how much time work takes up till you're doing it full time. You're like, oh, wow, I see my coworkers more than my family or my friends or my friends. <laughs> they're my friends or they're my family now. Um, and so it was, it was challenging to have a job that was just high stress um, and all new when I like things to be known and I like to be good at what I'm doing. So I think for me, personality wise, um, even though I'm extroverted, I probably really retreated um, because I just didn't, I didn't know what to do with my stress. Ironically, I'm a social worker and had a therapy, but I couldn't, you can't like really therapy yourself. So um or you, if you try, you usually fail. So I actually, one of the, my roommates said, I, I think, didn't, I didn't know therapy was a verb, but yeah, <laughs> anyway. uh, so I had a friend be like, I think one friend said I needed a hobby. Like I just needed something else to do, not work. Um, and I didn't know where to begin with that, but I eventually joined a volleyball league and that was fun. And then Keith joined that volleyball league, but that's another story. Um, and then. <laughs> Um, and, and then another friend sat me down was like, I just think you're a bit different. Like you're like, I don't know, bigness personality for life. Like your enthusiasm, if you will, there's the word I'm like, where it was just kind of gone, like totally gone. Mm -hmm. And so, so I talked to a coworker about it and I started therapy. <laughs> I didn't stay in it for super long. Um, but it was helpful. I felt like it was a totally new for me because I couldn't think of a family member that had ever been in therapy or anything, but I felt like if I'm in the field, I should embrace it. <laughs> um, and so it was very not prescribed. Like it was so new to, to really go that route of quote unquote self care or uh, self exploration, but it's super helpful because I was just like, this is a really big change and why not talk to someone about myself um, for an hour and get some support because this is kind of uncharted territory. So the combination of um, that, like I said, I didn't do it super long, but just enough to sort of feel like I was getting my head on straight a bit. Um, and then the hobby, like the, the actually having an outlet was super fun and I could connect and do something active with friends, um, and feel like I was making sort of those new community things was helpful, but I would say it took like 12 months 
of from point of graduation to, to doing those. I didn't join the the volleyball league till like a year after. Um, so so I say that just to just to say it took a while for me to even figure it out. Which I think is a yeah, it's a great reminder that it does take time sometimes, right? Like it's not like you you graduate and all of a sudden all the things fall into place of all your self-care routines and all the connections and all the community is, is right there, right away. It, it really does take time. And I feel like it probably hits people in different ways, right? That first summer, maybe they're humming along and then they're like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? Or for me, it was actually the reverse where that first summer was really hard and slowly, steadily, I got to sort of move forward and realize, Oh, it would be helpful. I'm going to add this or, um, you actually have to call a friend if you want to see them you can't just open the door and say who wants to go to dinner you know so you started to figure that out thanks for tuning into this episode of launch next week we'll continue our conversation with keith and sarah so hope you can join us then see you on the next one